This week, ladies and gentlemen, in the world of Run Jump Throw here in New Zealand, we've got so much to talk about, so much so that we had to jump in with a little mini episode where we catch up with Ollie Chignall fresh off the back of a massive new PB in the 10,000 metres over in London. Plus, we have to go through some of this news, some of the world teams that have been announced, this big marathon that was down in Christchurch with some very fast times, and all the Kiwis cleaning things up over in the conference meets in the States. So much to talk about. And we're away. The final of the 100 metres. Here we go. Tell you what, she's given it a decent old nudge there. Yes! That's over 60. That's what she was looking for. The pack is chasing. The pack is trying to hunt him down. So aggressive in her crossover steps as she whips that through. Opened up a 15 metre gap on the Olympic bronze medalist. Can he hold it together? Here he goes, putting his foot down. Well, so before we get to my interview that I've just done with Ollie, unfortunately we've got no uh, Alicia Loverich this morning. I'm going to catch up with her next week and digest all the stuff that's been going on. But very quickly, we will roll through the news that we need to talk about. And first of all is the, the naming of the two teams for the Com Games and the World Champs uh, in Eugene, Oregon. The Com Games, of course, will go second in August, and then in late July, the, the World Champs will run in Eugene, Oregon. Now, that team for the World Champs has been announced, and there's been two types of uh, team announcements. So they're locked and loaded. They are good to go. Book your, book your air fares. Go for it. You, you've got your seat. Then there's the conditional, and they need to tick a few boxes and, and probably prove fitness and uh, prove... Um, potentially points positions I imagine that's how it will, will come down um, so they will need a, few, a little bit more racing over the, the coming weeks so the, the locked and loaded athletes are Lauren Bruce in the hammer, Zoe Hobbs in the 100 which is awesome, we had Zoe, Zoe on a couple of weeks ago remember so great to see her get the nod, Julia Ratcliffe in the hammer as well, Madison Wishy in the shot so uh, those those four in the females locked and loaded, Jordan Beamish is locked and loaded for the 5k Jack O'Gill in the shot and Tom Walsh in the shot so pretty expected those three getting through now those with conditional selection are Imogen Eris in the pole vault Portia Bing in the 400 hurdles Nicole Bradley in the hammer so there's our three hammer throwers Georgia Hulls in the 200 metres very exciting to see another sprinter in there Olivia McTaggart in the pole vault Keely O'Hagan after that wonderful jump that she did at the National Champs to claim the title and get that B qualifier uh, and Tori Peters in the Javelin so great to see Tori after miss, her missing out in the Olympics last year she's got a conditional selection so once again we'll need to uh, prove points or, or performance in the men, for those conditional selections, Hamish Kerr, surely, surely he's done enough now, um, but he uh, has some diamond leagues coming up, and so surely he will get the nod. Also, Brad Mathis, off that wonderful uh, couple of races that he had in the 800 in Japan, gets the conditional selection. Surely he'll be another nod for, for selection for the world champs. Eddie Osai and Kitia in the 100 metres. Great to see Eddie getting a nod. And then James Preston also getting a nod in the 800 metres. So those boys will need to uh, prove some performances. And so I imagine the Oceanias will be a key part in um, those three boys getting, getting the nod to the world champs. Now, have to also talk about the Com Games because that was announced just minutes ago. So this is fresh, hot off the press, and of course, I'm sure many of you will have already digested this news. A similar situation where there are a few athletes that are conditionally uh, selected, and everyone else is um, locked and loaded for the team. So we have Connor Bell in the discus. Stoked for Connor to get the nod, the young boy. Uh, quickly rising up through the ranks in New Zealand discus and uh, this will be his first senior team I believe uh, wearing the black singlet Awesome for Connor. Julia Ratcliffe in the hammer. She was a, a lock. Uh, George Beamish in the 5,000 metres. Again, another lock. Jacko Gill in the shot. Another lock. Madison Wishy, Lauren Bruce, Hamish Kerr this time 
unconditional, straight on in, uh, and uh, Imogen Eris in the pole vault, Olivia McTaggart in the pole vault, Zoe Hobbs again, another qualification. So great to see, uh, along with Tori Peters, all these athletes that missed out last year are locked and loaded for both world uh, majors this year. Uh, Tom Walsh, another lock, of course. Of course, Tom's going. We've got to send Tom. Portia Bing in the 400 uh, hurdles. She's a lock. Nicole Bradley. So there we are. We've got three hammer throwers going to the Com Games. How cool would it be to see those three in the podium? <laughs> Could that happen? Man, that would be amazing. Quentin Rue in the 10K. So great that we have a walker in, in this event. Uh, Sam Tanner. Oh, Quentin ruined the 10K race walk, I should say. Sam Tanner gets a conditional uh, selection. So um, I'm not too sure exactly what he needs to do uh, to confirm that selection. But awesome that Sam is representing New Zealand in the middle distances. Keely O'Hagan in the high jump, also conditional. And Eric Speakman in the 5,000 metres. Now, this raises the question of who misses out this is, this is the big one, of course. So that's 18 athletes. We did have an allocation of 18 athletes. I think the big notable omission that I was hoping we might be able to get a team in the 4x100 and the, the women's 4x100, that's not going to happen, obviously. Uh, we would probably need to be sending four sprinters uh, individually and then put together a team. But unfortunately, that won't be happening. I imagine the selectors had a lot of difficulty looking at the, that 5,000 metre times. Eric ran that great 5K last year, and now we're going to talk to Ollie shortly about what he's been doing in the 5K and 10K, and he's he's pretty gutted to have just missed uh, a couple of those times uh, recently over the last couple of weeks. So thoughts go out to Ollie. And... The 800 boys, obviously not being called up for the Com Games, that is pretty gutting for them. But look, the big stage is the World Champs, so it'll be awesome if they can punch the ticket to to the World Champs to see both of them line up in the Worlds. So there we go. There's our two teams for the Com Games and the World Champs. There'll be a lot of discussion come out about this, and I'm sure I'll be able to pick Alicia's brain next week as we uh, digest uh, this team and and look at the the strengths and and the key athletes that we've had to had to leave out of that list. But uh, it's a solid team, and uh, well done to all those athletes who have made it. Now, in other news, we've got a lot to catch up on because man, you. Kiwis have been crushing it out there. In the night of 10,000 metre PBs, this is a really cool meet, and I'll talk to Ollie in the interview shortly about uh, about the how this event works and, and how cool it is and how cool it would be to see something like the night of fives and the, the festival of 10,000s here in New Zealand sort of begin to copy what they're, they're doing over there in London. But Ollie Chignall ran the eighth fastest all-time 10,000 metres with a time of 10. 2752 21 so 27.52 first time under 28 minutes i think it was a pb by almost a minute uh he like i said does miss the world champ standard with that one does just missed a big qualifier for the con games as well uh so that's uh he was looking really good uh i think he was going through in 1345 so he was on pace for in a new zealand record uh jake robinson ha- owns the record at the moment with a 2732 uh so just fell off the pace just over those last sort of six 6k through 9k and then then managed to pick it up a bit but uh in the interview he talks about how the race unfolded and just opened up a little bit of a gap between uh, the second pack and the leading couple of runners so um, unfortunate for Ollie not to not to get those standards but what a run 27.52 fastest by a Kiwi for five years Georgie Grek uh, is a London based Kiwi who ran in the B race for the women's but man 33.59 very solid time and a big uh, win as well just coming out uh, with a big kick in that last 100 metres to, to claim the win so well done Georgie 
on that first place. Paul Martelletti, I also saw in the results. Now, this is a bit of a, a, a name that I haven't heard much from. He's, a, again, a London-based Kiwi uh, and running in the M40 grade, ran a really solid 31.20. So, well done, Paul Martelletti. Now, over in Belgium, Hamish Carson ran a solid 5K in 13.52. And... At the Doha Diamond League, Hamish Kerr, in tricky conditions, pulled off a, a really well-deserved fourth uh, place for a 2.24 with a really clutch uh, jump to, to hit that 2.24. And finishing fourth in a Diamond League in 2.24, that suggests how uh, the conditions were tricky on the day. And uh, he did really well to pick up that fourth place. So well done, Hamish. Now... Over in the States, the college athletes are entering into their conference leagues. So I think how it goes is it usually starts off with conference champs and then you have regional champs, which is sort of your qualifiers for your national champs. I think that's how it works. So this is that first uh, first of the three key weekends. So I'm just going to go through the results of the athletes who got top three or very close to top three in their conference leagues. Now... Uh, Maya Ramsden had a really great performance in the Ivy League. Uh, in the 1500 metres, she got first place with a 4.23. Uh, so well done for taking out that conference title and fourth place in the 5K as well with the 17.14. But awesome result in that 15. In the Atlantic 10, which was in Richmond, Virginia, we had Macro finishing the 5k in fifth place good solid performance from him he's based in west philly and yes every time i say west philly i have to <laughs> almost bust into the fresh prince uh rap because yeah those who lived in, in my generation will know the rap um and we also had Tango and Bambo and the 10K running second for uh, a time of 30.56. So good solid run from Tango and Bambo. Uh, and in the Mid-America Intercollegiate Athletics Association Championships, we had Christopher Goodwin jumping out of a skin in the long jump and the triple jump. So he finished third in the long jump with a 7.56. That was uh, with a 1.7 wind and 14.76 for the triple jump to finish fourth place with a 1.5 meter wind. So good solid jumping there from Chris. And in the Mid-American Championships, we had Toby Golter pick up a third place. So really good performance from Toby. He's a gutsy runner in the 10K. And then very close behind him, one of our former Taranaki athletes, Chris Devaney, uh, in fourth place in 30-27. So good running from, from those boys. Uh, we had in the Big East Championships, a bunch of uh, runners. Angus White performed pretty well, picking up an eighth place in the 1500. But Kimberly May got second in the 1500 with a time of 4.24. And Liam Back also picked up second, but in the 5,000 metres with a 14.17. And that was a PB for Liam. So great running there from Liam. We had in the Big Sky Conference, Theo Quacks picking up fourth, just missing out on the medals in the 800 and just missing out on the medals in the 1500 as well. So in the 800, he ran a PB of 150.39 and in the 1500, 346 for fourth place. Also picking up a fourth place in the long jump was Valray Olivier and he jumped 7.33, but in the triple jump, those Olivier brothers, they are cleaning up the triple jump at the moment. So he jumped to a 15.92 with a uh, 1.7 uh, tailwind to take out the title in the Big Sky Conference in the triple jump. So well done, um, Valray. And in the Elite Invitational, I should also mention that uh, this was in Princeton, New Jersey. We had Tango Mbambo uh, running a good PB in the 5,014.20. So he is running out of a skin in the 5K and the 10K over there in the States. Now here in New Zealand, we had the New Zealand Marathon Championships. was were put on by a bunch of Cantabrians who saw the Christchurch Marathon was cancelled due to COVID stuff. They were like... 
pick we can put on a race. Let's let's find a nice flat course with good shelter, and we can make a good fast race. And we'll we'll invite Athletics New Zealand to make it the New Zealand Marathon champs and post some fast times. And fast times is what we got. Dan Belchin on debut ran the quickest quickest time by a Kiwi in New Zealand since Phil Costley did two fourteen in uh, the Auckland Marathon in nineteen ninety seven, which. Uh, that's amazing. So quarter of a century. Fastest time by a Kiwi in New Zealand, running 2.15.55 for the win. And that was just uh, ooh, a minute ahead of Oscar, who was struggling on with some, I think it was some hammy issues over the last um, last K or so. But Oscar still pulled off a, a PB with a 2.16.46. And Andy Good came in third place. He's one of our Masters athletes with a 2.22.00. 39. Hannah Miller took the women's race out with a 237.31. And Lisa Cross uh, came in second place, 241.12. And Nancy Zhang in third place with a 251.53. All three of those women picking up PBs. And on debut in the half marathon at the same on the same course was Julian Oakley. Very quick time, 103.49 for a solo debut at the half marathon. Jacob Pretty came in second. Good quick time with a 107.32. And Joshua Barn with a 108.37. In the women's half marathon, Esther George took it out with a... Uh, 19 second win over Bridget Dennehy and they had a good little ding dong battle on the uh, roads of Canterbury uh, Esther George taking it out with a 118.37 and Bridget Dennehy just 19 seconds back and Olivia Ritchie in third with a 124 now the Hawks Bay Marathon very quickly I will mention that Michael Voss ran out of a skin on a tricky course uh, to post a new course record in 2.24.02 and Hirotaki Tanimoto with a 2.29 and Sam McCutcheon with a 2.29 as well. Um, and yeah, four guys under 2.30 with Garrett Reed dipping under uh, for a 2.29.40 as well. And in the women, we had another course record with Ingrid Cree running a really solid 249.34. Hannah Oldroyd came in second, very close racing with a 250.13. And Karen Donaldson Barron with a 254.29 PB. Uh, in the half marathon, incidentally, we had Liam, Liam Dooley running a fast 110.56. And Genevieve Coffey with a 123.16, taking that out. Now, we also do have to keep tabs with what. Hayden Wilde, he's a runner at heart. He's, he's, he's an athlete at heart, but he dabbles in this triathlon thing. And he dabble, he does very well, actually, because he just picked up second place, very close second, good ding-dong battle with him and Alex Yee over the run leg. He Hayden did a lot of the work. Um, and then Alex just uh, came past him towards the end. So those two seem to be the cream of the crop right, right now in the world of... Uh, Olympic distance triathlon and running very, very well. All right, and that is the news for the week. Let's dive over to the interview with Ollie. Now, a point of note, this interview was done before the announcement for the Com game, so I'm sure he'll be gutted to uh, hear that he didn't get the call up for the 5K and the 10K. But look, I just want to say that the com games and these these events that are every two years olympics com games they aren't everything in the sport of athletics and the the more that we you know put all of our eggs as fans of the sport of uh, of athletes of supporters of those athletes the more we put our eggs in the basket of these olympics com games the more the sport becomes beholden to what the olympic committees and the nzoc uh want and um want out of the the com games and olympics like you look at a sport like football yeah, we send teams to the Olympics in, in football, but is that their pinnacle? No. And and I think it should be moving in that direction where com games becomes this add-on to what you do outside of that. You, you, you 
put out epic performances. You race out of your skin. You you go to these cool meets like the night of 10,000 PBs. You do your national champs and your area champs and the world champs and, and all this other stuff that supports the sport and it doesn't get held up in this what is put out there by the media as these pinnacle events. Like, it's just another race. It's just another event. Yes, it's put on this pedestal by our, our media. But I hope as this podcast and as a commentator of the sport, I hope that I can be part of, you know, building up athletics so it can stand on its own two feet outside of the, the Com Games and Olympic Games. Anyway, that's a big old rant that I love to disappear into. So I will hand over the mic to Ollie Chignall and we will hear from our reigning New Zealand cross-country champ, our uh reigning uh, fastest 10,000 metre runner this season and we'll hear from Ollie now. privileged uh, to have Ollie Chignall back from, well, still over in, in the UK, but off the back of two very impressive races. So let me run through these times and, and it must be, it must feel pretty good to have a, a, a 13, 20 something to your name and then a, um, a 27 something to your name for the 10K. So you uh, started with Peyton Jordan with a 13.27, fifth place over there at Stanford, then jumped across the Atlantic and got that um, 27.52 at the night of uh, 10,000 PB. So welcome to the show, Ollie. And um, how are you feeling after all, all these uh, solid runs? Yeah, cheers for having me on, Hayden. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with, with how everything's going. Uh, ideally, you know, I think the problem with us sort of us athletes is we're always looking for more. We're always looking for faster times. Um, it definitely has taken me a few days, especially after this 10K, to realise sort of just how quick I actually did run over the 10K because yeah. all I was really thinking about was that World Champs qualifying time. Um, but no, it's, like you say, it's awesome to finally have some times which I sort of think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm proud to put my name on and I think, yeah, that's, that's what I'm capable of, um, which is, yeah, it, it's something that I think feel has been coming for for quite a number of months and years uh but it was uh, you know it's just all about all about getting over here and and, and making it happen i mean tw- 27 for those like we've got a broad range of listeners across the athletic <laughs> spectrum for those who don't uh who, who aren't sort of aware of tw- 27 minutes for 10k um like you used to do a bit of coaching for for us with tempo fit where we'd coach you know just general recreational adults and for a lot of adults like breaking 60 minutes for the 10k is actually a really big deal and then like a you know a fit a fit adult would be aiming to run like sub 50 is is pretty solid and then once you start getting into like a good runner they're running sub 40 and then only only the cream of the crop of New Zealand domestic runners go sub 30 and um I make it the fastest time by a Kiwi since Jack Robertson set the set the record. Uh, so that's about five years ago. And so about two years ago, you did that 28, uh, what was it? 2848 at the um, New Zealand Wellington Festival of 10,000, 10K, something like yeah, that. that. Um, yes, yeah, the, the agency 10,000, yeah. Yes, that's the one. Um, and that was a really solid time at the, at the time. Were you thinking at that point, okay, this is just a stepping stone to bigger things or we're like, oh man, is that the fastest time I'm ever going to run for the 10K? Like that, that was solid. That was like the fastest time by Kiwi for quite a few years. Um, and now you've just taken almost a minute off that. Awesome. Yeah, I think um, I think one of the coolest things about that performance was it was the fastest time by a New Zealander um, in New Zealand for I think since um, since they used to run the the ten k champs at, at Inglewood, where it was yeah. just consistently you know it was it was always always you know super super fast and. Um, yeah, you know, super fast, and you had a, a whole lot of Aussies come over. It was sort of, it used to be what Zatapec is now. You know, it was just so yeah, so stacked with yeah, people. Yeah. Um, it was. I I knew that going in, I was sort of targeting for you know maybe like a twenty eight twenty or something like that. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, 
the classic, you know, the Wellington weather sort of <laughs> didn't really didn't Wellington really wind so, has other ideas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so, so, I mean, running, t- running, you know, sub twenty nine on that day was yeah. definitely worth, you know, at least a twenty eight twenty. I think, you know, you're looking at at least a second a lap, um, just due to due to that wind. And obviously, I did have. I did have some help um, with some pacing from Maguma Hayden Wild, um, yeah. but yeah, so it was it was definitely. I knew that it was a stepping stone. I wasn't going to go and you know run the world champs qualifier um, in Wellington by myself, mm. uh, but I knew that it was it, it was. I just knew that I needed to get my first ten k in on the track, so I may as well have done it there. Uh, yeah, pretty cool. And let's talk about this night of 10,000 PBs and we'll, we'll get to Stanford as well. But uh, this is one of the coolest track meets, especially for distance running on the planet. Maybe it is. Maybe it is the coolest track meet for distance running on the planet. Because for those who haven't seen the footage, essentially you've got this bear tent on the track where uh, so you you run through the tent. Right. Um, and there's people right there, uh, like right there, sort of in lane what lane four right right up close and then there's a yep. bridge that goes over the top of the track so people can look down in the action and just looks like thousands of people all having fun watching watching good racing yeah um i mean you have the nail on the head there really uh there you know i i wouldn't have been able to go around and count to run but there would have had to be you know well over 5,000 people there, which mm-hmm. for a track meet is just a track meet where it's only distance events as well and only 10,000 metres, which uh, <laughs> usually has been known to be quite a boring event. Yeah. Um, usually it's, the it's distance just, events are on yeah. at the end day and then everyone, everyone yeah. sort of goes away apart from the, the diehard purists. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, people people usually watch the fun events and then they'll go and have a beer. But the yeah. great thing is, you know, it's just people turn up at three o'clock when the event starts and um, rightly so by the time our race is on at 9.30, half of them are pretty hammered, which just makes for even, you know, that's even more helpful for us as, as athletes <laughs> because it's just, it's just more noise. The um, volume yeah, level and, goes up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, you know, the marquees, they had, they had them, it was, they were about 40 metres long uh, down both, both the straights, front straight and back straight. Yeah. And then they also, had barriers um out in lane four so you know the crowd was right up and close to you and that was all the way around the track um yeah and going into the marquees was i sort of likened it to if you walk out somewhere like doha or gold coast or dubai in the middle of summer and you just get hit with that wall of heat um <laughs> it was just getting hit with like a wall of noise you had, yeah there yeah, were, yeah, yeah. There, there were a couple of event organizers who were on that sort of small sliver of track on the inside and in between um us and the barrier who were just jeeing up the crowd every time we came through and it sure. was just awesome yeah. and it was, it was right from the first lap as well usually you know with those distance events uh, they atmosphere kind of builds gradually and then people get excited the last you know five laps but from this it was just like screaming just the entire time which was awesome like it was yeah it was a big 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 boost cool and so this is an annual event and um it's not just you know the absolute elite end you've got what was there like five male races maybe two female uh, I think there was, there was yeah, there, there was, um, it had to be, had to be at least eight or nine races in total. Mm. Um, I think what was quite impressive is that, um, this, the slowest, like the first men's race was still, they still had paces for 32 minutes, wow. which is just amazing that that was, you know, you're looking at what that being the E or F race. Yeah. And it's Pretty paced cool. for that fast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like now that everyone's sort of caught on to this idea, this is the time. If you want to set a 10K PB, just put that first in the calendar. It's like it's locked in there amongst like the London Marathon and all those other key events eh, during the year. So, yeah. Pretty cool. Um, and did you catch Georgie? Uh, Greg's um, race, she she won her her ten k, so she's a Kiwi based in in London. So I don't know if you you saw that. I think she was in the B race, um, but she ran just a tick under thirty four minutes. So um, she had a good okay. win. I didn't. I don't. I might not have actually been there at that yeah. um, at that time. I was sort of. Uh, I was aware, having watched previous videos and stuff, that it was a very you know big and loud atmosphere, and so yeah. I sort of turned up. 
sort of as late as I could cool. not to Good get plan. too sucked too sucked into <laughs> yeah. the environment and um yeah um, have a, have yeah, a few cold month. ones before you <laughs> before you get out there well I mean you know being 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 a fella from Dunedin you know it's very easy to you know that rubber arm gets gets twisted and then all of a sudden you're half cut and you're running a you're running a race in half an hour so um but no of course of course as a disciplined athlete I would never have done that yeah yeah <laughs> I love it now, uh, slightly different over in Stanford. So the the Peyton Jordan Invitational that's one of the um, I don't know, it's one of the key distance events in in the states and probably similar similar vibe. Lots of lots of people going there to run fast. Um, so you came away with a fifth there with a new PB thirteen twenty seven. I think that's the leading time by Kiwi this this year. Um, how was that one? Um, uh, I mean, it's still, it's still a PB, um, you know, still a good run. I was, I did come out of that quite disappointed. Um, however, yeah. Peyton Jordan, as you and probably quite a lot of other distance athletes and aficionado, aficionados know, Peyton Jordan used to be, you know, one of the events. Um, unfortunately, over the past few years, it's sort of gradually declined and, mm. um, we were set up quite poorly with a pacemaker who didn't really know what he was doing and really? took, us through some, took us through some really inconsistent laps. We were about okay. 62 to open and then a 67, oh. which, um, you know, we needed to be 64, 64, 64, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Which is when you're when you're running that speed, um, you know, slowing down to a sixty-seven is just absolutely killer. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and I was going, and uh, that was sort of my last chance to run a run a Commonwealth Games um, yeah. qualifier. Um, yeah, it was so. I, you know, I was four seconds away from that B standards. I went in, you know, aiming for the A standards. And I yep. think, you know, if I'd, if I'd, you know, had another chance at a 5K, um, if the window hadn't have been, you know, shortened, uh, then without a doubt, I would have got it. Um, if I ran at sound running, you know, the weekend after, then then I would have run that. Um, I'm pretty yeah. confident I would have run, you know, mid 13 teens uh so you know i w- would have got the a standard um so it's it's nice knowing it, it is nice knowing that you know i've got the ability to run that fast but you know at the end of the day it's it's one thing knowing you've got the ability and then it's another thing going and actually doing it and um yeah, it, it is. It is quite frustrating when you get put in races which which don't end up that way. Um, yeah. Because at the end of the day, yeah, you can go to the front and lead, which is what I actually did do at Peyton Jordan. Wow. Um, yeah. wasn't it wasn't expecting to to have to take the lead in a, in a major event like that. Um, but yeah, just went for it. But you got to do um, what you got to do, right? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a you know a very very similar <laughs> boat to at uh, at Nota Fives in, in Auckland, but it just so happened that um that yeah that I was in in California and what was meant to be one of the fastest races of the year and and having to lead it. Yeah, well, this is yeah. this is one of the challenging things about chasing times, right? And it, I think it's one of the benefits of bringing in that point system um, that it's not as much just about the times now there you know if you find yourself in a race like you've you found yourself there are points at least up for grabs but yeah frustrating that uh so four seconds off in Peyton Jordan and then was it two seconds off the B standard for the 10k at uh in London yeah yeah it was um unfortunately I was outside of the qualification window that ended on the 1st of May so whether whether that would have counted under exceptional circumstances I'm not I'm not too sure but it's probably quite unlikely especially considering you know the team announcement is I mean at time of recording it's what in about an hour's time 40 yeah, minutes um, everyone listening yeah, to so, this will already know what's, go, what's yeah, going exa- on exa- so, exactly yeah. yeah and I mean I've got a pretty good pretty good um idea as to as to who's going to be selected for for com games um but yeah i mean i i purposely went out in that race to stick my nose out and try to run the world qualifier i wasn't interested yeah. in, in running you know a commonwealth games b i went out with the absolute aim to run the world qualifier um went through bang on pace at, 
at halfway, I was 13.45. So not only on pace for a World Champs qualifier, but also Commonwealth Games A and New Zealand record. New Zealand record, um, yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, again, was, you know, just with a, a couple of guys and we just sort of let off the pace a wee bit. Um, I ended up having to do quite a bit of leading, which again was a wee bit disappointing considering I was with... Um, you know, some some guys who are known for their strength work uh, yeah. and, and grunt work from the front. And then you've got, yeah, you've got wee Ollie Chignall from Dunedin, New Zealand, <laughs> having, to, having, to, having to do the donkey work on the front. But, I mean, end of the day, it is what it is. And I still yeah. went out and, and ran, ran a fast time. Um, I did finish the race going, yeah, all I need is another race. Um, and and I'd, and I'd run that World Champs time. Um, but, again, it's, it's just all part of it, you know. Yeah, such is the journey of a athletics uh, athlete. Eh? It's um, often comes down to the conditions and those little variables of of having to lead, or yeah, how the dynamics of the race play out. Um, but at least you're you're in Europe where there's no shortage of of fast races. Uh, so have we got uh, anything lined up? Is there? Um, are you you talking to event directors trying to get get your toes on some start lines? Yeah, so um, it's actually over the past sort of two days um, we've we've managed to really you know nail down some some good races uh, mainly through this through the World Athletics uh, Continental Tour, which cool. will be which will be great for some some World Champs qualifying points and that kind of thing. Uh, currently, we're looking at running a three k um, in Bergen, Norway, on um, June the eighth, and then yeah. following that up with another three k in Sweden, which I think is. A about four or five days later um and then fingers crossed uh we might have something slightly bigger planned possibly a 5k um in a diamond league we're just sort of awesome. waiting to waiting to find out about that kind of thing but again that's um yeah, one of the things that I think people don't realise about overseas, uh, when you're sort of in the position that I am, you know, if you're running twelve fifty for five k, yeah, you'll get into races, yeah. no problem. But a lot of this stuff is is very last minute, so it's sort of getting into as many races as you can, and it's easier to pull out of races that you're in than yeah. try to get into races that you're not in. Totally. So you've got to kind of be yeah. ready to seize the opportunities and. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then um and then I've got uh, you know, if if World Champs ends up eventuating and, and I can get there, then that would be fantastic. Uh if not, then I'll probably stay over here a little bit longer and try and find an, a good quick five K and cool. try to go and run that automatic qualifier for World Champs for next year. For next year. Um yeah, for for Budapest and then if I can nail that, then that's Brilliant! That one, that's that one ticks off, and I know, I know, I'll be there next year. The other big thing next year, of course, is the World Cross Country Champs in mm. Aussie. That must be—I um, don't know what the qualification criteria for that one is—but that must be tucked away in the in the goals for twenty twenty three. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I was actually had dinner with. Um, with uh, the on running boys and um and Jordy Beamish the other night and we were having a good chat about that and oh. um it, it sounds like there's a lot of people who are really interested in that so I think yeah. especially with it being in Australia it would be awesome to see New Zealand send you know a six man team and a really high quality team um at that uh, I would be very very happy to to captain and lead that team as as the top ten k guy um, yeah. And, you know, as sort of, I like to consider myself a bit of a cross-country specialist. Um, so it, it would be awesome to, you know, go over and, and be a part of that team and and compete at what is possibly, you know, the hardest international um, event because, yeah, cr- cross-country is, I mean, if you can go top 50 at the World Cross, then that's, that's pretty impressive. We could put together a very solid team with, with yourself and, and you mentioned Geordie and then we've got, mm. obviously, we might be able to convince the Robertsons to come back off mm. the roads and, and get onto cross country again. Um, and then you've got Hayden Wild who could, that could fit in perfectly, um, yeah. jump in from triathlon and he would love, <laughs> love some cross country action. And then like some someone like Sam Tanner could step up, um, and yeah. then Matt Baxter. We've, we've got a few. Julian Oakley, of course. He he ran a great mm-hmm. half marathon, and then 
yeah, some of the, the marathon boys potentially stepping down as well. Caden Shields and Oscar. Yeah, and I think Dan I think I mean if you man. if you were to if you were to look at a four man team, um, yeah. at least we'd we'd be able to, you know, we'd have four guys who were um there'd probably have four guys who were who were some twenty eight guys. If you had a six man team, you yeah. know, everyone would be probably under that twenty eight thirty mark, which for New Zealand running is, you know, fantastic. It's awesome. Um yeah, so it, it would be you know, I can I've already, you know, from talking to people, there's a lot of interest and, you know, people are really keen, especially with it just being over the ditch and, and yeah. that kind of thing. And, you know, it's around Bathurst and a lot of history there and, and whatnot. So, yeah, it'd be awesome to be awesome to go over there and just, you know, put on an absolute show. So, um, yeah, yeah, you know, like I, will, I will be there. I'll be there just as long as I'm, as long as everything works out, then, then I will be there. Totally. Now, I mentioned Dan Belcher, and I don't know if you saw the uh, the marathon result in Christchurch, but I've got to I've got to ask you about the moustache because potentially he might have taken over the crown as number one moustache in New Zealand athletics from from you. What do you, what do you think? Has 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 Belchin come from behind and stolen the the mantle as as best moustache in the game? <laughs> no, I call bullshit on that. There's no, no, no abs- absolutely, absolutely no chance there. Um, the slug is here to stay. Um, unfortunately, my coach um, Pallone does yeah. does not appreciate it, and um, he thinks he thinks it counts towards some win resistance. But um, yeah, I mean, it seems to it seems to work well for me. So uh, no, but yeah. I, th- I think I think I'll um, yeah I'll, I'll keep hold of that crown for for now. I think yeah. <laughs> Well, it looks like it worked well for for, for Dan as well. He had a he had a mm. great marathon, um, yeah. And uh, we also had yeah Oscar running uh, running really well, and then Julian opening up in the 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 half marathon as well. So yeah, there were a few a few fantastic performances there. I mean, Julian going out and essentially soloing his first half is is awesome. Not yeah. awesome, not that surprising to be honest, because of you know how good an athlete he is. Um, and then to see you know. Dan um, running under two sixteen. I hear he had a few toilet breaks as well, which is which is pretty <laughs> impressive. And then you know, Oscar battling through. I'm not too sure what problem he had with his hamstring, but it sounds like he he really powered his way through it and yeah. um, and still ran very well as well. And then we also had Hannah Miller and the um and the women's um marathon. I I'm not too sure if that's her first one or not, but if it is, then that would be um. That's an awesome sort of first effort, and, and yeah, hopefully... I feel like it was his second one. Um, definitely a PB. Right. Um, mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll double check. But yeah, yeah, it was it was very cool racing, and um, it's cool that uh, things are still alive and kicking, even with so many of our athletes overseas. Um, mm. So. Yeah, talk us as well because you're wearing a um, a different kit that a lot of people may not recognise the logo. Um, and you mentioned before you came on air that your luggage had just turned up like hours <laughs> hours before, so you've been basically running off your hand luggage. Uh, luckily, you had your spikes and your carry on. Um, but yeah, talk us through uh, a what happened with that luggage drama, and then um, this new sponsor you've got. Um, yeah, and luggage drama was uh, unfortunately they'd assigned they'd somehow managed to assign my bags to a different person. Um, so the bag tags yeah. on my bag were um, were for a person who was transiting through the same place as me, but continuing out, continuing on to Aman Jordan. Um, and <laughs> yeah, it's taken me. I, I landed on it was the eleventh eleventh of May, and yeah, so nine days ago. First, yeah, so yeah. I got my first bag yesterday, and then my second bag, um, <laughs> as I told you before we started, has has just arrived. So <laughs> I'm sort of yeah going through all that stuff. The I think the worst part of it is um, being the prepared person I am. I had like a bag of uh, a bag of some dirty washing, which needed to be uh, which needed to be washed. Oh is, no. Yeah, which now is going to need a very very long wash. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then um, yeah, so the, the the brands that I'm working with have actually managed to save my bacon a wee bit by by hooking me up with some with some stuff until um, 
until my bags turned up. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a new, a relatively sort of young brand called um, called Presio. Uh, so they're they're London based, but uh, owned by uh, two New Zealanders, which is which is really cool to to have oh. that New Zealand link. Um, and they're only just sort of getting started in in New Zealand, but I mean they're. They're primarily, you know, they started off as a compression type brand, but they've obviously got a whole lot of different apparel. Um, it's all, you know, an incredibly nice cut, which is just gradually being expanded into a into a full, you know, clothing and um and apparel brand. Um, but obviously, that that whole thing takes time. Uh, the biggest thing that they sort of promote is, you know, that's different to all the other brands really is their sustainability. Um, and, you know, all of their products are super, super sustainable. Um, their T-shirts are made out of something, I think, is like eight eight recycled plastic bottles um, wow. their T-shirts are, are made out of. So, you know, it's all, everything's made out of, you know, really recyclable materials. Um, they've got, uh, got kits, which um, I was mentioning to you before, uh, you know, half tights and, and full-length tights which when they go to landfill react with a chemical on the landfill um that gradually biodegrades them down uh, over two years which is just amazing cool. to, yeah. to to think that you know a, a pair of half tights that you've worn and run through that you end up throwing out um ends up you know turning into nothing um, yeah. yeah, which is yeah, it's just awesome. So no, they're a, they're a fantastic brand, um, and they're in in my experience, they've really been for the athlete and and wanting to sort of help out in, in any way possible. Yeah, that's cool. And obviously, just apparel at the moment, no no footwear. Yeah, no. So it's it's primarily <laughs> you know just a just a apparel brand which is actually good because it means that i'm free to you know wear whatever shoes um i like you know i i race in um nike shoes primarily both spikes and, and racing flats but then you know i do a cool. lot of training and and new balances and and somatics as well choice now with yeah. um i have to ask you the question about the shoes because this is the ongoing debate um you you would have run in spikes and flats that were uh, non um, non-springy, non-carbon fiber reinforced. Um, what what do you reckon? Uh, are you getting that much of a gain, or is it more of the training benefit for you? Um, yeah, what what's your sort of take on the shoe situation? Yeah, I think it's I think it's it is a relatively controversial topic. Um, yeah. To be honest, and I think it's very subjective. You know, some people are going to guess you know, a, a massive performance boost from them. Um, whereas some people might not get as much. A lot of it depends on, you know, how you land on how you land on your feet and, and that yeah. kind of thing and your range of motion and your gait. Um, I think if you're using them, if you're using, you know, the spikes and the shoes a lot for, you know, for training, you get a lot of benefit from them because of the added recovery that you mm. get. Um, and so I think that means that you can just do a wee bit more in training and you can do it more frequently, which is meaning yeah. that people are turning up to races and running faster. And you're seeing that, especially, you know, like the NCAA system and stuff, you're seeing people running crazy fast times because not only are they getting, you know, a bit of a performance boost when they race, but getting a massive performance and recovery boost in training um i do think in racing you know they are obviously if you ran in those compared to running in a pair of old racing flats then yeah those are those are going to be better um i think that when people talk so much about it's all about the shoes i think that that is really i think that's actually quite damaging for the sport because i think it really yeah. takes away what people were actually doing and um if, like if, if someone said that if someone said that to me saying oh it's, it's all in the shoes that you've that you've qualified like that um you've seen me in person you can probably tell that i'd probably have quite an icy response to that um <laughs> because you know i yeah. i work my ass off day in day out and for someone to say oh it's, it's these shoes that are making you fast it's just like well i mean it helps <laughs> but you know that's, yeah you know the, the, the shoes yeah the thing that i i take from it as well i 
uh, on average, the people that I hear saying that the fast times these days are due to the shoes tend to be retired runners who haven't worn the shoes. And those who are wearing the shoes uh, are saying what you're saying. Like there's, there's benefits, particularly in the training side of it. Um, but yeah, it's, and, and some people t- seem to be responding to them better than, than other people. Some people it's not good and they have to go back to just nice lightweight um normal racing flats or normal spikes so yeah everyone's different um yeah yeah, uh, yeah and i mean i thought you know it's, it's all very subjective and you know people even you know non-carbon non-fancy foam shoes you know everyone has different preferences and, and different needs and regular training shoes you know like i train in new balance 880s for most of my stuff but i've recommended them to people who have hated them so yeah it's for for me personally that's yeah it's performance boost but you know you're still going to put in all the hard work yeah yeah and it's it's seconds if anything not not minutes right yeah exactly yeah yeah Yeah. you'd still be a 27 minute something runner without the shoes oh Um, yeah yeah without without a doubt just you know it might just mean that i'm a wee bit sore the next day you know my cars might be a wee bit more sharp yeah Totally. Yeah, no, that's cool. Awesome. Well, um, I hope you can get your washing situation under control and sort through all this luggage and everything. But um, well done for, for flying the flag for the Kiwis over in the States and, and now into, into Europe. And um, we're all behind you, even if even if you don't make one of these world's teams this year. I know that there's there's heaps more to come. And um, look, running's more than just, just world champs and, and com games. It's... Um, yeah, we we appreciate all all the other racing going on on around the planet. So keep it keep yeah. it up. Yeah, I shall. No, one hundred percent. No, it's nice to be flying the NZ flag over here against all the against all the European guys. And no, I'm sure there will be some some more very good performances coming coming the way. Um, yeah, soon. Yeah, I was, I saw her as well. You, you beat one of the Ingebrigtsens uh, at Caton yeah. Jordan. That, that's a good yeah, little was, scalp. Not not the the best of the Ingebrigtsens, but definitely you know once you nah, when, whenever you're nah, beating one of them, yeah, he was he was too scared to come along. I think he probably yeah, yeah. saw my name and thought, "Now nah, I'll send the older brother see if he can sort him out." <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, yeah, I was um I was expecting uh, Henrik to um, show up's not the right word, but uh, I thought he'd be, be a more bit more dominant towards the end. Yeah. But I, I didn't see him the entire race. Um, yeah, he yeah. sort of hung, yeah, watching the rest I think of the he's about sort of three seconds the behind and, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just sort of hung around the back. He did obviously had a have a you know a very solid kicker, the, as these Ingebrigtsens do, but um, yeah, so that was sort of yeah, that was the that was sort of the first big name scalp, and then you know a couple more and um a couple more in London, and yeah, yeah, who knows? We'll ju- we'll just keep on keep on grinding, keep on going, man. Oh, I love your attitude, and I love the fact that you're not prepared to just run PBs. You're after national records and 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 mm. these big qualifying times as well. So so keep up that attitude, and um yeah, can't wait to see more of you this Northern Hemisphere summer. I shall, my man, and hopefully we can have another chat soon about some, um, like you say, some New Zealand records because I think they're um, they're pending. It's sort of just a matter of um, when, not if, which is um, which is quite exciting. Bring it, awesome, man. Yeah, thanks, Ollie. We'll talk soon. Alrighty, cheers, Aiden.